the num- number one thing in real estate, number one thing in business is work ethic. Say that one more time. The number one factor for success in real estate, probably any business, is work ethic. You have to show up every day. Yep. You got to treat yep. it like a business. So the question is this, how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Hey everybody, Stephanie Brackett here with Real Estate Rockstars, and I am here today with Ryan Rodenbeck, who's the CEO of Spyglass Realty out of Austin, Texas. How's the weather in Austin today? Probably hot and humid? Yeah, very hot, not quite so humid yet, but uh, give it time. Yeah, I I went to Vegas last week, and I didn't really think about it when we booked the trip, but like, Stephanie, you know this, it's July and it's Las Vegas. Yeah. It's going to be really hot, 105. So yeah. Yeah. I, I like to say Austin's only miserable for three months. So <laughs> Perfect. Well, you know what? I'm in Idaho. We have two seasons. We have winter and we have roadwork season. That's it. Yeah. Those are the only two seasons we have. So we're in roadwork season right now. Nice. Awesome. Well, I hope you had a great 4th of July. Let's jump in and start talking about, um, tell me a little bit about your business first. What does it look like? How are you guys structured and volume? Yeah. So we, um, we've grown double our volume, double our, uh, agent count every year for the past three years. Um, right now we have 92 agents. We have two offices, all of our Agents are full-time. We don't hire any part-times. We don't hire brand spanking new agents. Um, and in the last year, last 12 months, we've done uh, $400 million in closed and um, just over 700 transactions. Wow, that's incredible. Thank you. But, yeah. Yeah, that's great. And great growth. If you're growing that quickly, that fast, then you're doing something right, right? Thank you. So tell me a little bit. You, you mentioned you don't hire part-time agents and you don't hire brand new agents. What's the philosophy behind that? I'm sure you've done trial and error and this is what you've landed on. Exactly. Um, We don't do part-time agents because we're trying to just have a standard of quality that that attracts uh, a better um, class of agents. So what I mean by that is um, we're not necessarily looking for high producers, but we want people that we are. Our our mission statement is we make good agents into great agents, right? So, a lot of our agents have have really flourished. You know, we, we've got agents that do um, the two types of agents we go after are agents that have been in business from one to three years and have done one to three million. Are agents that have been in business longer and have done six million or more. And okay. the reason why is that's that's what we know what we're good at. We have hired new agents, brand new agents, and we're just not good at it. It's a coin toss if a brand new agent is going to make it, and they're better served working at like a team where they have more. We have pretty good training for agents, but we're just, we just know what we're good at and we know we're not. So um, that's, that's kind of our philosophy there. That's, uh, that's awesome. You know, you know what you're good at and you know what you're not good at and you're good at taking producing agents and making them bigger and better producing agents. That's right. And part of our business is, you know, we're, we're a brokerage and you know how there's, there's teams and there's brokerages and there's brokerages that act as teams. Okay. Ours is a little, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so our our model is is a little bit of a hybrid. We have 
leads uh, that we provide agents that if they need to fill their pipeline, um, they can take those leads. And then if they don't, they I mean, once once their pipeline's full, then they can graduate and you know just be completely independent with us. Okay. What do you attribute your success in the massive growth you've seen in the past three years? What do you attribute that success to? So I've got a really good leadership team. Um, This is not the Ryan Rodenbeck show. I've got a a sales manager who helps me with training, um, actually does all the training, and an operations manager. Um, We provide a lot of systems, training, and tools for our agents, and we really work on our culture. We have a um, high-level in-person meeting once a month that we cover, you know, topics like uh, shifting markets or uh, how to uh, 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 handle multiple offer situations. We also have accountability groups that we do uh, every six weeks. We, we run accountability group and take a, a little two-week break and do another accountability group. Um, sharpen your skills every two weeks that that is um, not, it's, it's voluntary if they want to go through. The agents that are on the leads though, um, we have a huddle once a week where we go over market conditions and then we can talking about leads and we ask the agents that if they're not on leads, they can jump in. So, so they can get a pulse of the market every Tuesday. You kind of know what's going on with 50 or so agents. Oh, that's awesome. So you mentioned culture. Culture's mm-hmm. a, culture's a funny thing, right? Everybody has yeah. a culture. There's, there's a spoken culture and then mm-hmm. there's an unspoken culture. Yeah. And, how do you grow the culture and how, what, what would you say the spoken culture of your team is? What is it that you guys are selling or what is it that you're about? And then what do you think the underlying unspoken culture is that everybody just knows is there, but you just, it's not something you talk about? Yeah. So it's interesting is we did a, uh, we went through traction and rocket fuel and EOS. Okay, EOS. Um, yeah. I love it. We, we, have, we had an EOS implementer for a year. Um, and when people talk about, their mission statement and um, core values. I remember I went to a class, uh, a, a, a conference that Chris Lindahl, you know, Chris Lindahl, uh, he was giving. Yep. Yeah. And he was like, I bet none of you can name your mission statement and core values. And uh, we had a mission statement and core values. Uh, and he said, without looking it up, and it was true. So when we went through uh, EOS, we, we really defined those. Like, we, you know, our mission statement is we make good agents and the great agents. And our, our core values are our non-negotiables, right? Like, we take action, we're all in, we do the right thing, and be smart, right? Um, and I think that we, we, we call out those things at, at meetings, you know, here's a culture call out or a core value call out. Um, and we just try to make sure that everyone is doing that and that they've got this servant uh, attitude. Um, our, we don't have a lot of ego in our brokerage. Uh, so we, it's all about being helpful. So as the leadership team, we try to be very helpful to our agents and then in turn, they're helpful to each other. Another thing that we did was um, we set up a culture committee where um, once a month, the agents will get together and mainly they look at like, what are they going to do for charitable causes? What's, what's our cause this month? What kind of drive are we going to do? And like, that's just taking a life on its own. I've actually never been to a culture committee, uh, culture committee <laughs> meeting. So so your agents are, are towing the line on culture. They are towing the line. They, they do a lot of charitable stuff. You know, of course, we, we, we donate and help, but um, we're not driving that. And so there's different factions um, in, our, in our brokerage that are kind of doing their thing with our support. 
Okay. Instead of vice versa. <laughs> right, right, right. And, and actually, I heard, as you were talking, I heard, you know, I mentioned the unspoken culture. Mm-hmm. I heard what the unspoken culture of your team is, and that is no ego and helpful. Yeah, yeah exactly. Collaboration. Yeah. Yep. And, and you'll probably see that in people and you'll notice when you bring someone on, if they end up being a culture mismatch, those that are yeah. in it for themselves or they have an ego and think they're always right, they're unteachable. Yeah. And, and we, we had that happen. We had an agent that we had taken on and, um, you know, she just wasn't working out. And um, my sales manager went back to, well, she's not being very smart. She's not all in. And she's not taking action. <laughs> so we're like, all right, time to cut ties. Yep. <laughs> so. And that's great because the teams that are successful that it, at maintaining their culture are the ones that are willing to hire and fire to the culture. Yeah, exactly. To yep. the culture. And someone's not a culture fit. They have to go because they will erode the culture. It's like a cancer from the inside it is, out. It really is. And I've had it you know, a couple times, but two in particular were just like really toxic. And it was such a relief. One was at one point was my, my, uh, highest producer. And, um, I sent his license back and, um, it just, you know, it's one of those things it's hard to do, but once you do it, it's like such a relief, you know, there was so much ego and, and, and after the fact you, you realize people were just thanking you like, gosh, that guy was just such a jerk, you know? <laughs> so Everybody talks about, I've heard so many people say that they're so afraid to make that they're cho- choosing cash over culture. Right? Yeah. I'm, I'm choosing the cash because man, this guy's a producer, but oh, he's eroding my culture. How did you, what was the kick in the pants that made you finally just say, I've got to cut ties with this person? Yeah. So first of all, he wasn't that arrogant to me. Um, and I, and I kind of heard some stuff, but really what it was, was he didn't do the right thing. He, um, he was not doing right by a client that he sold the property to he disappeared. I didn't know. And then my, that client called me and said, I haven't heard this guy for two days. I left a message. He didn't return the call. And the next day I sent his license in. That was it. Wow. And you probably yeah. had th- people on your team thanking you for the next few weeks, which. Absolutely. Which, you know, he didn't, nobody wants to go out and like say what, what, how what a jerk this person was right um but once once he's really gone that's when when things really come to light and but it went down to the core value did do the right thing gone and you can't make that decision if you don't have the core values that's, that's right key. you didn't yeah. have if, if someone's just a jerk and you're just like well they're just a jerk but uh, i can't do anything yeah. about it it's hard to yep. make that decision but when you say hey these are our values this is what yep. we live by and he's not meeting up to him. It makes a really easy decision to say, hey, you're just not meeting our core values. I can't have you working here. That's right. And, and, and it's, why it's, it's why important, like we focus on onboarding so much. We use Trainual for onboarding and we have, you know, we, we, we revisit every six months. Like, is this still what we are? And we go through every, every little course, you know, here's our mission statement. Here's our core values. Here was what we believe. Here are the systems we use, you know, um, an introductory video saying, you know, we have a lot of videos. We store videos, but we're not reliant on videos. We want you to watch these videos, but if you ever have a, a reason to call, you know, don't, don't, these videos are not a substitution for us helping you. So the onboarding part, I guess my point in that was that when, when, when you put all that stuff up front, it's easier for agents to, to get acclimated to your, your, your culture and your values. And how do you know, like what, what process do you use when you're recruiting these agents? I mean, you've grown your company three times over. How do you, 
know when you're bringing them on that they're a culture fit? What are you using to make sure that they're going to be a fit? Now, you're probably not 100%. Sometimes yeah, of course. Wrong one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No. Um, <laughs> so I make calls every day. Uh, I make about five calls a day. That's about what I'm committed to. And if I miss a couple of days, I'll make more to make up for it. Um, but literally, I look at agents. I mean, I've got a list of 4,000 agents that are on my email list. Uh, I send out my Realty Hack newsletter every week. And um, I, I look at the ones that opened it, usually. It's a little secret there. <laughs> and okay. um, and I, I honestly go onto Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn before I even call them. Okay. Right. Um, to make sure that they're, I mean, that's, that's one thing that can like, you know, disqualify people. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And people don't realize how social media, how much bearing that has on people's opinion of you. So, yeah. Well, cause like, we don't want any, you know, extremists in any direction. We don't, we, we're, we're very, we're, we don't have a lot of politics in, inside right. Spyglass Realty and I don't want a lot of politics. I mean, you know, um, I don't want people that are extremists in one direction or the other. So and if you see a lot of that, I mean, people show their, their, their face on social media, whether they think they do or not, yep. you know, they show who they are and you can yeah. cover some. Yeah. And, and they get, not only do they, what they post, but their comments on other people's posts. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Okay. All right. So tell me a little bit about you. You mentioned you guys have like a, um, a weekly standup or every talking about the market. What are you guys seeing now? And what, what's the message going out to your agents about what's happening with the market and how they can still win, even though the market's not the same as it was six months ago. Yeah, so Austin is a um, is a little bit different, I think, than a lot of places um, in the sense that uh, you know our market has been so hot that we are we have a lot of especially on our leads team we're we're a Zillow Flex uh, team and we we get a lot of Zillow Flex and, and my agents have just been really struggling in when it was really hot that now that it's slowed down a little bit, I mean, I think we're still at like 30 days on market, right? This yeah. is a normal market. So I think most of the agents are feeling a little bit of relief here and that they're getting stuff under contract. Yes, there's a big portion of these buyers that are no longer qualified for what they were looking for. Right. Um, but uh, I think the message we're giving our agents as of right now is you know, take this opportunity to work for the highly qualified buyers because if people are still looking when interest rates are 3% higher than they were six months ago, these are serious people. So, um, and, and then on the flip side of that for sellers, you know, it's just, you're, you're telling them, look, you can still sell your home, right? There's still a lot of buyers out there. You just have to be reasonable. The days of homes appreciating, uh, you know, 5% 5% every month or 3% every month as it was. I mean, from November to, uh, of 2021 to November of uh, 2020 that, you know, we went 36% in a year. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't surprise me in the short term and we see in the next couple of days that we actually drop 5%, but then we, I think we're over the next 12 months, we're going to go up 10%. Right. Um, just because there's so many people moving to Austin uh, Facebook has uh, leased an office that's not even uh, finished yet downtown. That's almost six hundred thousand square feet. Uh, you know, Amazon's done the same thing with three hundred twenty-three thousand square feet building in the domain. Uh, Tesla is moving all their corporate headquarters here for Tesla, the boring company, SpaceX. So 
the economic indicators are that we're going to be we're going to continue to fill these positions as these buildings get done as these headquarters move over here as people are still continuing to move over here you know amazon and facebook even though those buildings aren't done yet that is an intent to hire okay so what we're telling our agents is is like you know the the job market is still amazing in in austin is still amazing in this country um and not to get overcome by fear. And then, you know, yes, there's going to be buyers and there's going to be sellers who listen to the, 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 the market and the news and all that. But the economic indicators just aren't showing that we're going to be into going to a crash. Yeah. And you guys, I mean, there are pockets. There are pockets of markets that are different than the rest of the country. And that's right. No one's reporting on that. You know, yeah, you no. hear the national news and they're not Idaho's the same way. I'm in Idaho and there's a ton of people from California and Oregon and Washington moving to Idaho. Our market's still very strong, especially the Boise, the other side of the state, very, yeah. very strong market. Austin, strong, strong market. Now, yeah. California and Las Vegas and Arizona may be seeing something different than we're seeing, but you have to right. be really clear on what the local market is doing. And you guys yeah. have to educate your local buyers and sellers because they're listening to national news. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you also, on, 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 on a flip side of, of, of reassuring people, you also have to know when to walk away, right? There are still people out there, sellers that, that want to sell their home for, you know, 200,000 more than, than the last property sold for. And so, you know, we're telling our agents, you know, it, it's going to, it's time for us to work now as a seller's agent. We've had it very easy as listing agents. Put it on the market, it sells. Put it on the market, it sells. Right, right. You have to be very aggressive. Not aggressive. You just have to be very thoughtful with your price point, okay? You can't just go off of a the comp from two months ago when when things were, you know, interest rates were 4.5%, right? right. Um, and, and you have to be armed with information when you're with those sellers like we have a, a a printout of the national average of of um home at home selling average for the past three or four years and then what the interest rates were and what the price of the mortgage are with those interest rates right. the affordability well, basically it's talking exactly. about affordability yeah a three hundred and sixty thousand dollar home costs seven hundred dollars more a month now than it did um you know, in 2019, when interest rates were like 3%. Okay. So it's a big deal to people. It's, it's a, a big, big deal. deal. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, being able to show that to, to sellers uh, as needed is, is going to help you. And then also, like I said, being able to walk away when that, that seller is still unreasonable, because if they're that unreasonable and someone else takes it, you know, sometimes it's better to be the second listing agent. <laughs> exactly. I mean, there's all the marketing expense listings are expensive to, that's why, you know, listings are harder to do. They're just expensive. You have to be right. to afford to market the listing, pay for the pictures, do all the staging, all those things. Absolutely. And agents that would just take anything are now going to have to go, mm, maybe I won't take anything. I'll be a little bit more selective of what I say yes to because it's going to cost me money if it doesn't sell. I'm out. That's right. Yep. And the communication to the sellers has to be 10 times what it used to be because again, they're listening to their neighbor who sold their house six months ago for four hundred thousand yeah. dollars over ask price because they listed it for a million five and sold it for a million nine with thirty seven offers. That's right, and we're telling our agents to you know set the expectation. Uh, you know now that the market is slower, and that you know we're going to have this price for two weeks, uh, two full weekends, and then we're going to do a check in with you. 
right? Don't don't just let it open ended. Like we're going to meet uh, at the the next Monday after the second weekend to check in. We're going to show you how many people showed the home, uh, what feedback we had, um, and that way you're setting them up that if you need a price reduction. Uh, that you'll you'll get it because if it's been on the market for two weekends in this market when when I think we're at like 21 days on market you should have feedback to tell you that what needs to be done right right but and you have to a- set that you have to set that up in the beginning or the sellers are just gonna be like you know what's going on what do you mean you like, want to reduce my price yeah, yeah yeah what do you mean you can't sell it for what you told me you could sell it for yeah yep and that's 100 yeah. percent correct because you have to I mean sellers if we set clear expectations up front that conversations later are so much easier. Yeah. So much easier to have that conversation. Hey, look, I'm going to call you. We're going to go 10 days with no showings. You're getting a phone call. 10 showings with no offers. You're getting a phone call. That's right. Yep. Whatever your system is. Most people didn't have a system and agents that are new in the business and got into the business and didn't join a team that can give them that need to understand they've got to have a system for active listings. You have to have one. That's right. And you, you hit the nail on the head is that like, you know, we have agents that have been in the business for two and three years that, um, and some of them, most of the time, as you probably know, agents don't get into listings till three, eight year, three or four. Right. right. But, but we've had some that, some that have, and those that have don't really understand, you know, the, 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 uh, what a normal market is. Cause we haven't been in a normal market in three or four years. They know listings in this market. It took a sign and a lockbox to sell yeah, a listing. And that's, that's right. It. Yep. Yep. Hey, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui and I'm interrupting myself to bring you this commercial break from one of our sponsors. There's somebody I've been looking at for a long time. And when they reached out to me, I said, yes, we have to be able to do this deal. So that sponsor is follow-up boss. There's a lot of superstars out there that use follow-up boss. What's your favorite CRM? We're using follow-up boss. We use follow-up boss. So we use follow-up boss. I love follow-up boss. I love it. We have action plans now for bringing on new agents. We have action plans for our recruiting. Uh, We call them action plans and follow-up boss, which will trigger tasks for the agents to do as far as calling. Follow-up boss, I like more for the integrations with everything, MailChimp, call action, all those different products. I will say we used Sync and we switched from Sync to Follow-up boss. Honestly, the greatest CRM I've ever used, I've used Brivity, Sync. I've looked at Boomtown like real geeks, just a bunch of different ones. But me personally, I fell in love with Fub about like seven months ago when I first started using it. I've used Boomtown. I've used LineDesk. I've used Conversion. And I think Follow-up boss gives you the most integrations mm-hmm. that are simple and it gives you the best ability to go and integrate large things into one single solitary platform yet at the same time it's still affordable i do like follow-up boss better just because it you can text from the app and things like that it's just a little more convenient for me um it tracks everything that i need i can customize it if i want if i want to go smart list based that's fine if i want to go task based it's fine i think it's one of the best systems and it's very user friendly it just really helps me never drop a ball because it's so user-friendly. I don't have a one horse in the race of Follow-Up Boss. Purely objective, Follow-Up Boss has been the best one that we've found. Now, I've used Follow-Up Boss. We've actually used it in our non-real estate businesses as well because it's so good at being able to set timers, set automatic texting and emailing. So here's what we got. For Real Estate Rockstars listeners, get a 30-day free trial. That's normally 14 days. So in order to get this, you go followupboss.com, just like it sounds, forward slash rockstars. 
Go there, get your 30-day free trial and check it out, especially if you aren't using any systems or any CRMs yet. This will be a great one for you to start with. Thanks again. Now back to our show. Interesting. Interesting. How long have you been in the business for? I got my license in 2004. We started Spyglass in 2008. Um, but you know, the first few years I had just as a brokerage, I was a broker and I had a few people that were with me for what I don't know. We started really kind of building the team in 2015. Okay. So you've seen the two shifts. This is the second oh, yeah. shift of the other shift that you saw. And, and yeah. we all know the shifts are different. What did you learn from the last shift that you're going to use in this shift, regardless of what the shift is? You know, I, I, I think that, yeah, this is a, a much different shift. Um, I think it's going to be a lot easier in this this one than it was before, and, and unless something happens that we haven't quite seen yet. Um, but I learned, uh, don't take anything for granted, you know, make sure that you've got your pipeline full. I mean, I remember when the last shift happened, things kind of dropping dead overnight. You had to oh, yeah. really, really work. And I remember times in my life where, uh, oh, I thought I, thought, I, thought I have this nailed. Okay. I have this whole real estate thing nailed. And then, um, and then the, the market shifts and you're left with nothing. So I think the biggest lesson I've learned from, from market shifting is, is just keep working, you know, make sure to, to get as many things in your pipeline as possible. Um, don't rely on one lead source. Don't rely on um, buyers or sellers or, you know, make sure you, you, you're, 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 especially when things happen, because, you know, it'd be great when, when the last part of my career, before I quit selling real estate, like I was all listings, right? Well, if I were in selling real estate now, if I were a competing broker, which I'm not, I would want to diversify that because now it might be getting easier to work with buyers. Right. You know, yep. or get someone, you know, if you're, if you're building a team, have a buyer's agent out there because uh, listings could get, if it gets, if it were to get worse, like it did in the last one and you're just a listing agent, that would put you a, a, as a problem. Right. right? Um, you'd yeah, want I to mean, have some buyers. I remember the days, like the team I was on back then, we were carrying 65 to 70 active listings of which only half of them ever sold. Yeah. So you're paying the marketing for all these listings and you're banking on only 50% of them ever actually closing. That's right. Yeah. And, so, and the work to get them, I mean, it was easy to get the listings because everybody wanted to sell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but there's no buyers. And so the communication had to be 10 times what it is these days. You had to do all yeah. these extra things just to try and sell a house, which we've not lived through that right. recently. Right. And we thought yeah. COVID was going to shut us down and look what happened. Hindsight's never wrong. You thought COVID was going to be the end of real estate, and it I absolutely sure did. exploded it. Yeah, I I I had canceled. Uh, I I had uh, uh, let go of my um, a whole team of virtual assistants for about a month, and then I, I called them back, and I'm like, "All right, can you guys come back." <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what everybody. That was the natural reaction, right? Everything starts yeah. shutting down, and everybody said, "Cut expenses, cut everything." Yeah. And, who would have known what would have happened that it's no just idea. Been explosive yeah. growth? Yeah, sure. All right. So tell me a little bit about what technology you like to use in your business. What are your favorite tech tools? Yeah. So um, I love technology. Uh, you know, what's interesting is an independent brokerage, we are commonly uh, um, competing against the technology that some of the big brokerages have. And um, I like to say that we have married the best in class of all technology. We use Follow Boss, we use Wilopo, I have Real Estate Webmasters, we have BombBomb. Um, 
one of the one of my favorites is uh especially for culture is workplace uh by facebook okay all right yeah. and how do you use that in your business yeah so we have different groups like we have we were big pushers of social media um and so we we have a social media group so workplace by facebook if you're not familiar with that it's a uh um it's just like facebook except you don't have your political people right. you know your idiot cousins or you don't have any ads <laughs> you know like so it's all business so we have um you know, a social media one where people are always posting here, here's some things that you can post. Our VAs are putting stuff on there for, for agents. Uh, we have questions and answers. Uh, we've got a boom, I did this, right? That's a, more like of a, cool. uh, of a uh, encouragement broke. Uh, you know, people think like, you know, I just got this property under contract. Um, and, you know, just kind of a encouraging people to uh, uh, celebrate their success and the agents okay. that, that, that help them with that. So I really love that as a culture tool. Um, Follow-up boss, I think, is probably, I've been through a lot of CRMs, and I love follow-up boss because you're not married to one type of uh, platform like, you know, Commissions, Inc., or any of them, right? You know, if if you've been through different platforms, changing CRMs is just a nightmare. Oh, it's a nightmare. Yeah. yeah. It's a nightmare. We merged four CRMs into one CRM when we had two teams that we merged, and it was probably one of the hardest things we've ever had to do is just merge these no one wants to give up the data. That's just it. Once they have your data, they don't want to give you back your data. And That's right. Trying to map yep. it. You got to be really careful about who you give your data to and make sure that they're going to give you back what you gave them. Well, not just that. Like if we changed uh, CRMs, the agents, I mean, we put so much you know, blood, sweat and tears into the CRM that people do not like to change CRMs. I've done it before and it, it's hard. Yeah. yeah. Be real careful about what you pick before you. Yeah. And so your, your Facebook workplace that you're using that similar to what other teams use Slack for, or Microsoft yeah. Teams or Google Hangouts. It's definitely a place to collaborate and chat and build culture. That's right. We've got a knowledge uh, library that we, we, you know, every meeting that we do, um, every high level training, we record it. We've got two cameras, lot mics, everything. And so we, we built out so many different lessons and um, things for the agents so that um, like if an agent has a question on, let's say, how to write a backup offer, right? We can, you know, they call us, we go, hey, we're going to tag you in this post, just like you do on Facebook, where you see the video, we put their nice. name in there and then say, okay, watch this. And we, we put every, if, it, if it's a 30 minute video, we usually cut it to 10 minute increments, right? And so watch this post. Let me know if that answers your question. Call me if it does, if, if you want to know how that's relevant to what your situation is. And so that's been really good with um, efficiency for our team is oh, it, yeah. you know, yeah, that we want to be able to show people. And like, we're trying to, to raise the bar on how we do things for all of our agents. For instance, like with multiple offer situation, you can write an offer very aggressive, but if you don't send that offer with bullet points and explain it to them, you know, to the listing agent, and, and then maybe even send, like we, t- we, we advise them to send a video of, uh, of your bullet points along with the email, like text them, here's where our offer is, here's what we're going to, we think that we are going to be the easiest to work with. And if it's not, if we're not the best in terms of price, counter us and we'll see what we can do. Yep. So that's that type of having all that training, you know, sectioned off so that agents can watch it and we don't have to repeat every single thing, every single time that's been a godsend for us. Oh yeah. It makes it so scalable because you just, yeah. I mean, th- there would be not enough time in the day for you to re-explain that 57 times. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> awesome for scalability. All right. So what, um, 
what failure have you had in the past that you look back and you're like, wow, I learned something really good from that mistake. Oh, gosh, where do I start? Um, <laughs> That's funny. Whenever um, I ask that question, everybody's like, man, which one do I pick? It's so funny yeah. that people are so vulnerable and open about mistakes, but we all learn from them. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's what helps you succeed. Um, you know, I think it's uh, having the wrong people in the wrong seats, right? Um, okay. The EOS thing. I love that, yeah, right? Person yeah. in the right seat on the bus. That's right. Um, you know, and trying to make something work when when it's not, you know, like like an, if an agent that is not working um, that you've been putting a lot of time and energy with, that's probably the biggest one for me in the last couple of years is um, I, I have a hard time letting people go, believe it or not. And um, uh, and I need to do that faster. OK, how, yeah. how did you how did you shift your mindset to know that, man, I, I love these people? <laughs> I, yeah. Me and me and the person don't have a problem. The person and the job really are the one that with with the problem. And I yeah. let him go. How did you? How were you able to shift your mindset around that? Uh, you know, I just did it too many times in a row. Quite frankly, it took me longer to learn that lesson. And um, at some point, you got to look at yourself and say, "How many times am I going to do this?" Yeah, and then and then just say, "Okay." You know, first of all, we're not going to hire brand new agents. But even if even if we're not hiring brand new agents, what'll happen is I, I might sometimes I might find an agent that's not a brand new agent that I think it has potential, and by no, you know, they, they they fit all the filters that we put in, and it's still not working. You know, so like we have an agent that's been with us for you know a year and a half, and things happen in their business. And there's always there's always some kind of drama, right? Um, some kind of problem and that, that, that you can give an excuse for. So just, I think making sure that, that if you, you, if that encounters that you gotta, you know, have your little rule book, you know, sometimes you have your own personal core values, right. That I'm, that, that, that like, I'm not going to make the same mistake again, 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 write it down, put it in front of me and like be strong. Be strong. Be strong. Yeah. We all love people. No one wants to be yeah. people. And a lot of, a lot of agents, you know, are, or team leaders, the DISC profile, if you're familiar with the DISC profile, yeah, they're sure. the I. And the I is they want to be liked. They yeah. want people to like them. And for them to say, hey, you can't be on my team anymore because you're, you're not a fit or you're not yeah. doing what I need you to do. That's like the worst thing in the world for them to do is like, that's, that's me. Definitely. You know, I, I, I like to help people. I want to be liked and uh, it's hard, you know? So, really but, you know, you, you also have to think about the fact that you're, you're not doing them any favors either. And you're yeah. generally not doing anybody else on the team favors because the rest yeah. of the team is sitting there watching you as a leader going, why are they allowing this to happen? Why are they right. letting them stay? Yeah. And yep. then when you finally make the hard decision and do it, they're like, thank you. Right. Yep. <laughs> thank you. Yep, yep, yep. So what did you learn from EOS about like putting people in the right seat on the bus? How did you determine, man, this, is, this person's a great culture fit, but they're in the wrong seat. Like they're just not, that's not their job. Yeah. Um, some of that came naturally um, with, so with EOS, you've got your organizational charts and um, you've, you, you, <laughs> what I found is, is that when, when you have the wrong person in, 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 in the seat that you, you've just got to have these uncomfortable, candid conversations about, okay, what do you want your position to be here? In this particular case, I didn't have to do that. Um, this person who was amazing left, uh, you know, gave me 30 day notice and said, you know, uh, I'm going to do something else. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, and help me fill that role. 
but it, it came because there was a lot of pressure on my part. Like, what are we doing? Why are we still making the same mistakes? Right. I think it was, it was a mutual realization that this person was not the right person in that seat. And I realized that this person realized that, and we ended up, you know, partying, phasing out. Yeah, yeah. party ways in the best possible way either right. too. And this person went on to bigger and better things. And, you know, um, it was definitely uh, a good situation for all everyone around. And the person that we got to fill that role was, was really amazing too. Yeah. And, and a lot of times that's what we do. We hang on to someone, but we're still trying to fit that square peg in that round hole. We're just like, we can make it fit. We can make it fit. Yeah. Yeah. So for listeners that don't know, EOS stands for Entrepreneurial Operating System. It's yeah. based on the book Traction by Gino Wickman. And yep. he basically is, it's basically the operating system for a business. This is how you operate a business. Just like iOS is the operating system for your exactly. Phone. Yep. EOS is uh, the operating system for your business. The other book for, for you know, they have, they, I guess a lot of it has, has to do with, uh, there's a visionary and there's an integrator. Yep. The other Rocket book I like, Fuel. I like Rocket Fuel. I love yep. that book much more. Traction is, is very hard for me to get through. Uh, yeah, with traction's the meat and potatoes and the step-by-step yeah. step of how to do it. Yeah. Rocket yeah. Fuel was like, hey, this is the fun part. This is what you yeah. do. This is what I do. That's right. And, and since we, we, we started implementing it, we've gotten so nimble with our issues. I mean, we meet once a week for an hour and a half and every single part of that meeting is time. Like here's our check-in, here's our quarterly rocks. For those that don't know, quarterly rocks are what you're trying to accomplish over the, the, the next uh, 90 days. Here's the milestones that each person is going to do that owns that rock. And then when we get to our topics, like it's just been you know, having that that guideline, that system of how you're going to do business, um, I think is the best thing that's ever happened to me in my business at all. A hundred percent. I agree. And I think that what happens with EOS is that you get clarity, 100 yeah. percent clear on everything. And Brene Brown always says clear is kind. Unclear is unkind. And that's true. If we aren't yeah. clear with our people, we're just not being kind. But right. EOS gives you the ability to be 100% clear. You know exactly who owns every piece of the business and what yep. their deliverables are for their for their piece. Yeah, yeah. Including myself. You know, I can tell. I mean, we've had, you rate the meeting sometime at the end of it. I'm like, I'm rating the meeting a four out of six because I didn't do my part. <laughs> yep. You know? Yep. <laughs> yeah. yep. All right. So what advice would you give to agents that would help them survive any sort of a market and actually thrive in the market? What's your advice to agents to thrive regardless of what the market's doing? Because you can make money, right? We know you can make money in any real estate market. There's money yeah. to be made. Yeah. Um, I think really being informed, like um, really, really informed about what the market's doing so that you can um, ed, you know, talk, have talking points. The other thing that, that, that we, we try to teach our agents is, is be a, a resource for your clients and your potential clients. You know, we put agents through a YouTube curriculum, a Reels curriculum, um, and we try to teach them to um, not put like very the stuff that we're telling them to put on social media is stuff that's educational. So if you're educated, okay, and then you're constantly educating any potential audience that you have, I think that's going to help you survive the, the, the ebbs and flows of real estate, right? Like make sure you have a monthly newsletter that you go, goes out. Make sure that you're educating people in that newsletter. We, we, we suggest people put in a, uh, a video uh, of like our, 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 we do a monthly newsletter for the agents where it has like the snapshots, but like right. we say, put it, put in a video. It's like, here's what I'm seeing. 
You know, you want to be the source of everything real estate news to your clients. So the more time you can put in, the more time people will appreciate you um, and will, will think about you. You don't want them to think about someone else when it's time to buy or sell. So if you're constantly living the life of being an educator in an influencer fashion, then without, without the ego, without like, oh, how many homes did I sold? But like, here's what we're seeing. I think, you know, education attracts people to you. So um, be that resource. I love that. Be an educator in an influencer fashion. Yeah. That's what people want, right? They want information. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to know what's happening in the real estate industry. That, that topic has never been boring to anybody never. ever. They always want to know, is it a good time to buy? Is it a good time to sell? What are interest rates doing? Where can I invest? Everybody always wants to know that. So if you can provide that information and that value, eventually they're going to see you as the person to come back and be like, hey, by the way, I'm ready now. Right. Which, which it's a commitment on our part. Like we have to be invested in what's going on in the market every single day, every single week. Even if you're not like, I've known agents that, that aren't that, that are fairly new in our company that are just investing in figuring out what's going on in the market and then putting it out there, even though they may not be the, the most, you know, highest salesperson, they're doing a great job of, of absorbing. And then I, you know, the num- number one thing in real estate, number one thing in business is work ethic. Say that one more time. The number one factor for success in real estate, probably any business, is work ethic. You have to show up every day. Yep. You got to treat yep. it like a business. It's not, yep. uh, you know, when, when on the team that I was on for many, many years, when, when we were interviewing, I didn't want people that said, well, I got my real estate license so I could enjoy my free time. Yeah. That it, if you work hard enough, yes, that is the end result. But there's a lot of hard work yeah. that goes yeah, into that's it. that's free time. It's more flexible than free. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. There's no free time. Like your phone's yeah. ringing 24-7. Right. So I get it. That is 100% true. You have to have the work ethic. You have to be willing to put in the work and yep. grit. They have to have grit. Like yep. you're going to get told no a lot. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. A lot. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's why I'm married. <laughs> How many times does she say no before she said yes? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So how do you teach that? How do you teach agents that work ethic is what's going to win the game for them? I think we all talk about it in our culture, you know, um, and they then they just see it like, you know, they see everyone in our culture stepping up, especially in our leadership where, you know, show up early, you know, go home late. Right. Um, now I've, I've, since the last year or so, especially since I stopped um, selling real estate, they might not see as much of it from me, but I'm always available. So, you know, we talk about, we, we, we simply talk about work ethic a lot. Yeah. And, and that helps a lot. Yeah. It's funny. We had an agent on our team for quite some time. He was a, an amazing buyer's agent. Came, he was from medical sales. That was his background. Yeah. So yeah. he knew how to sell. He was tired of traveling all over the country. So real estate was a natural progression for him got into real estate and his first year sold like 65 buyers year one. Wow. Second year, 90. And then just was consistent 90 for like three, four years. And yeah. all the other agents that we'd hire would say, well, I want to be like him. And I said, well, yeah. in order to be like him, you actually have to be like him. He's in the yeah. office every morning at seven o'clock. Yep. He's lead generating during lead gen time. He's following up with every single client. He yep. you know, comes in in a suit. If he's not on an appointment, he's in the office. If yeah. you want to be like him, then you actually have to be like him. You can't That's just right. expect the results 
And, yeah, and you have to talk about that too. I mean, you really have to talk about like what these person put in into it. Like we had a, a, a rookie uh, last year that did, you know, I don't know how many transactions, but like thirteen point two million dollars in her first year, wow. right? Well, I mean, this girl was working, right? She was a worker. Yep. Yeah, and you have to celebrate that. I love that. All right. So, what advice would you give to new agents before we wrap up? What advice would you give to new agents just getting in in this in this market? Yeah. Or just um, starting out. Yep. Yeah. Surround yourself with the right people. Okay. Um, and especially if you're a new agent, which is hard because like we don't, we don't take new agents, but I had this conversation three times a, uh, a week sometimes, you know, make sure that you have, uh, that you join the right company and that right company has systems. It's got training and it has leads, which is the most important thing. Um, 73% of all licensees that terminate their license within five years. And I think, of that is because they chose the wrong company to be with. Make sure that you've got training systems and leads because if you don't have leads, you don't have anything. I love that. That's great advice. Training systems leads. Super easy to execute. Those are the questions you need to ask. What does your training look like? What do your systems look like? Where are you getting your leads and how many are there? Yep. And you can be successful. I love it. That's right. Well, thank (laughs) you so much for your time. Any last words of advice before we break? No, not really. Uh, I think that, that we covered everything. Thank you so much for having me awesome. on my uh, your, 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 uh, podcast. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate it. All right, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully you guys loved listening to that one. And I want to make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have. And also we need your help. They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free. But what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you liked, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents. And we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there. So go give us a review. Also, be sure to go to hybendigital.com. If you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about, we've got a huge video vault of those resources for free. Every penny that comes on the podcast that we interview, they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients. And we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you. So go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate. How to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff, rebusuniversity.com. And if you want to chat with me, go find me on Instagram. If you come find me on Instagram, you can send me messages. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like. We try to put a bunch of content out there too. You can find me in two different places. It's at rerockstars.com for our Real Estate Rockstars page or at erinamuchastegui.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.